Welcome to Storytime Revolution. God bless you on this day as we embark on the journey of Jesus Freaks by DC Talk Volume 2. Stories of revolutionaries who change their world fearing God, not man. I've read this book once already. I thought it was incredibly powerful. I want to share it with his people who do not know of it or have not read it. It was dedicated to my sister, or at least she owned this. It is dedicated the book is dedicated to the memory and work of Richard, nineteen oh nine, two thousand one, and Sabina, nineteen thirteen through two thousand, warm brand, and those like them who use their lives to make a difference for Jesus. Your faith was not in vain. We would also like to express our continued gratitude to the voice of the martyrs for providing the contemporary stories for this book and for their ministry to those in the persecuted church. You can check them out at www.persecution.com. Here is a message from DC Talk. You have heard it said unto you, but I say unto you. From the beginnings of his public ministry, ministry, Jesus set the record straight. I have come to change the world. He had come to change people's thinking. He had come to revolutionize their paradigm, the way they saw the world and had comfortably settled into it, following their own desires, ignoring those around them who needed help, and figuring that it was the way to do it because everyone else was doing pretty much the same thing, and they fit in with that. Then came Jesus. You have heard it said, but I say unto you, We often think we have arrived spiritually because we have memorized a bunch of rules and regulations or a list of do's and don'ts and built them into our culture and lifestyle. If you just wear your Christian t-shirt once a week and make sure your radio is always tuned to the local Christian music station, don't do drugs or drink, go to church on Sundays and Bible study one night a week, take part in the summer missions trip and don't have sex until you're married, then you are a real witness to those around you. But Jesus came and shattered man's perception of the world. He taught about a kingdom that was more powerful than man could ever comprehend. This kingdom, however, didn't always make common sense. He taught that the kingdom of heaven is more than clothes, music, Bible studies, and what you do on the outside. The kingdom of heaven is spiritual. The kingdom of heaven is peace. The kingdom of heaven is the narrow road of following Jesus day by day. You can't be like everyone else and follow him. His sheep hear his voice and chase after him. They don't just roam with the rest of the herd and think that it is going to save them. The path he has set for you is very different, very special. It is unique in all of humankind. He came to change the world. How can those who truly follow him have any less of a goal in life? Jesus came to comfort the afflicted, but he also came to afflict the comfortable. Throughout history, true followers of Christ have been revolutionaries. As the trends of society have been dictated by the herd mentality, these men and women of God have stood up and said, Hey, wait a minute, that's not right. They reached out their hands to Two people the rest of the world walked by without a glance. They spoke out when shutting up may have saved their lives. They distributed Bibles when others were passing out ammunition. They took God's places others called God forsaken. 
They picked up their crosses and followed Christ when others cried, Lord, Lord, but did nothing. And for this, they were called freaks. People often look up to us because we are in the public eye. But the people in this book are the true heroes. They are the ones people should look up to. The freedoms we have today to own a Bible, believe what seems right to us, go to the go to the church we want and follow God as completely as we want are all because of the Jesus freaks who came before us. If only we had yet done enough to earn such an honored title among the rest of these freaks. Proverbs 1.32 NIV tells us the complacency of fools will destroy them. Are we too comfortable in our lifestyles to truly be following Christ? The world was shocked when those who called themselves fundamentalist believers in God killed 3,023 people on September 11, 2001 by crashing plane loads of people into the World Trade Center, into the ground in Pennsylvania, and into the Pentagon. In the United States, in recent years, those who called themselves fundamentalist believers in God have bombed abortion clinics, assassinated doctors who performed abortions, holed themselves up within compounds, and shot it out with the FBI or committed mass suicides thinking that their martyrdoms would change the way people think. In the Middle Ages, those who called themselves fundamentalist believers in God went on crusades to free Israel and left a wake of pillaging, looting, and rape in their wake. They felt themselves revolutionaries for the cause of God, but they were deluded. They died thinking they were heroes and martyrs. We hear the word martyr a lot these days. People who feel sorry for themselves because others have been inconsiderate to them are said to be playing the martyr to get the attention of their friends. People are called martyrs on the evening news because they have suffered even slightly for some cause. People use the word as a political tool to try to spark a revolution and conform others to their way of thinking. They try to manipulate others with this word to get what they want. All true martyrs are revolutionaries, but not all revolutionaries are true martyrs. Those who rise up and kill themselves to kill others are not martyrs at all. They have lost sight of the truth and have been sucked into a lie. They have never experienced the true power of love, the kind of love God is, the love that cannot be defeated, though you beat it, you torture it, or you shoot it with guns or stab it with knives. They try to accomplish their goals through fear and intimidation. They do not understand that true martyrdom is being a witness of the truth. It is not defined simply by dying for some cause. It is defined by living for the freedom of others. Freedom from fear. Freedom from prejudice and persecution. Freedom from hatred, bitterness, and jealousy. Freedom to be forgiven and to forgive. Martyrs die because they refuse to deny the truth. They are unwilling to force their ways upon others, and they are unwilling to fight back when fighting back would deny the love they are trying to show those hurting them. This is how martyrdom changes things. It stands up as a witness of the one who is truth and love, and the one who is truth and love can do little else but stand up and surround them with his presence. And his presence changes things. These are the true revolutionaries that have existed throughout history, starting at the cross. 
These are the great clouds of martyrs, witnesses that are seated in heaven watching the revolution for true freedom, spiritual freedom, rage on the earth. It is a revolution of words and hearts and helping hands. It is a revolution that turns the world upside right and lets God touch the earth with his love wherever the revolutionaries go, whether it be across the street or across the ocean, into a prison cell or to the grave. These are the revolutionaries who are not willing to set aside the truth for the convenience of being accepted or the, pri- or the privilege of living only by their own desires. These are the revolutionaries who fight for the spiritual freedom that is only found in Jesus and are unwilling to let their freedom go for anything. We have much to learn from, these, from such revolutionaries. We also have much to carry on for them, much to carry on for him. That's why doing a second book on Jesus Freaks makes sense. In the first book, a lot of people read about what was happening in the world and were surprised and shocked and never knew that it, they had it so good. But what do we do with that knowledge? Jesus Freaks, too, is not just about those who stood up for Jesus, but those who are willing to make their lives a difference for Jesus. That is the call today as well. When you read Jesus Freaks 1, you may have decided that you were willing to die for Jesus, but will you be willing, but will you be with those in Jesus Freaks 2 who made the decision to live for him and have that life make a difference for him? A message from Tom White. Fearing God, not man. This is the director of the Voice of Martyrs. Many revolutionaries for Jesus have influenced my life. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand are two of them. They were fearless Christian leaders in Romania. When the Russian tanks were rolling into their country, many were trying to run the other way. But Richard and Sabina stood beside the road and handed gospel booklets in Russian to the tank commanders. This Lutheran pastor and his wife did not see problems. They saw opportunities. When trains full of Russian troops would move through the main station, Hebrew Christians from their congregation would place gospels through the windows and into the hands of eager soldiers before the political KGB officer could reach them. Richard and Sabina spent years in prison for their courageous stand, ministering even behind bars. They founded the mission I represent, the voice of the martyrs. Many revolutionaries for Jesus cannot read or write, but all of us are willing to be used by God, who opens our mouths to share the good news. In Bangladesh, one man told us about a fanatical Muslim attack on his home. They burned my house. They burned my wife's clothes, but they could not burn Jesus from our hearts. Another Bangladeshi Christian rides his bicycle through villages even though they threaten to cut off his feet. He cannot read the tracts he gives to others, but his son reads them to him each morning before he goes out. It is characteristic of revolutionaries for Jesus to view our mission as more important than our possessions. My friend, Pastor Li Di Zan, Zian, X-I-A-N, who lives in China, has been arrested 18 times in the past few years. He preaches in house churches, which are illegal. The Chinese official church generally follows the government policy by not allowing anyone under the age of 18 to attend church. I visited one of Pastor Li's groups where many children attended. 
more than 400 Christians were sitting on the ground. Lee keeps a small cloth suitcase ready so he will have a change of clothes when he is arrested again. A similar situation exists in Vietnam, where there are hundreds of thousands of new Christians, but no church buildings are allowed. Evangelist To Din Trung, T-O-D-I-N-H-T-R-U-N-G, was in the Quang Nigai prison when nervous officials told him that he could go home several months early. He had received thousands of letters from Christians around the world. Brother Trung refused to go home early to his wife and two children because he was leading many prisoners to Christ. We revolutionaries for Jesus strive to keep our eyes on the cross. I was honored to spend 18 months in prison in Cuba with those who loved Jesus. I was sentenced to 24 years for distributing Christian literature. There I met Pastor Noble Alexander, who remained in prison more than 20 years. Pastor Noble baptized more than 300 men in different prisons while the guards were looking the other way. Many times the prisoners were dunked under hot dishwater. Revolutionaries for Jesus understand that eternity is worth everything. Wearing the badge of courage for Christ does not require us to live in an area that is openly hostile to Christians. Someone influenced all of these Christian leaders who at one time in their lives were lost without God. Someone courageously sacrificed time to pray, to teach, to read Bible stories, and to model the love and mercy of Christ over and over and over again. To do this consistently takes a Holy Spirit revolutionized mind and spirit. Revolutionaries for Christ are not swayed by opinions and reactions from the world. We must always be gracious as we present the good news of our Redeemer but we must remember that the cross of Christ, his way, will threaten and be an offense to some. Reference Galatians 5, 10-11 and 1 Peter 2, 7-8. This must not deter us from our mission. When religi- religious leaders, merchants selling idols, and ignorant mobs attacked the disciples, the ac- accusation was, They have turned our world upside down. Acts 17.6, paraphrased. It is easy to forget that the Christ-list values and religions of the world are upside down. They will not lead us to eternity. Revolutionaries for Jesus, while sharing the forgiveness of Christ in a loving way, are not blunted by the desire to always be accepted or loved by others. We must respect the beliefs of others, but not allow this gracious response to silence us from sharing the truth. Christians, and only Christians, are, Christians are able to offer the key to eternity, the key to the door, Jesus Christ, who revolutionizes and redeems us into his world, the world that is right side Sounds like my goats are out. Revolutionary. From Latin, revolver, revolvery, not sure, to revolve or turn around. 
a person who brings about a a sudden radical or complete change b a fundamental change in political social or cultural cultural organizations c a fundamental change in the way of thinking about or visualizing something a change of paradigm the copernian revolution two one engaged in revolution an advocate or adherent of revolutionary doctrines doctrines that are a complete turnaround from the cultural economic and political norms of the day for a disciple of christ a jesus freak i am back the goats are away and the family who are here are awake so side noises these who have turned the world upside down have come here too and these are all acting contrary to the degrees to the decrees of caesar saying there is another king jesus spoken of paul and silas by those who opposed them in thessalonica acts 17 6 or 7 new king james version what this means is that those who become christians become new persons they are not the same anymore for the old life is gone a new life has begun Paul speaking about the personal revolution of becoming a Christian, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, New Living Translation. Lord, show the show me the truth. By 1967, it was as if a whole generation had detached itself from the conventional values of their society and converged on the Hyatt Ashbury district of San Francisco looking for answers. Yet, what was touted as a haven for free-thinking and counter-cultural renewal had instead become a viper's pit of hard drugs, rape, abuse of innocence, organized crime, and the recruiting ground for every religious persuasion imaginable. Into this walked a young man named Kent Philpot, who felt compelled of God to go there with the gospel. In April of 1967, he met another young man, David Hoyt, who had devoted himself to Hinduism and preached the world of Krishna consciousness. They began months of debating back and forth the nature of truth and spirituality that brought in many friends and supporters on both sides. Kent's open-minded dialogue and David's sincere search for truth soon had David reeling in doubt about what he had previously held true. Then one night, in desperation, he called out to God, Lord, show me the truth! Jesus Christ, if you are the Son of God, come into my life, forgive and heal me. And what was to David a blinding burst of light, like what Paul experienced on the road to Damascus, came the realization that Jesus was God's Son, sent to the world to free him. Jesus was alive and the true Savior of humanity. Jesus was the only one who could truly set people free. David became a Christian on the spot. Soon after this, Kent and David teamed up to become among the first to establish a mission in the Hyatt Ashbury district and reach out to those coming there for new answers. From their efforts and others that sprang up around the same time began the revival that became known as the Jesus Movement. They were among the first revolutionaries to be called Jesus Freaks. Why search for the truth? The personal revolution of becoming a Christian has always been the only basis of true freedom and real change. Though the truths of God's word and his kingdom are eternal and unchanging, they are continually made new to every person who encounters them. Throughout history, great change has not only been made by those hungriest for the truth and those not content to simply follow the beliefs of others, 
but who instead demand the genuine revelation of coming to know God personally. Those who will accept no less than that than that are the ones who become world changers. And how about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of, a, out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy, energy, energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Jesus and Peter, Matthew 16, 15 through 18, the message. The rock Jesus spoke of here was the revelation of Jesus as the Christ that Peter expressed. Jesus as God's anointed son and Jesus as one's personal Lord and Savior. It is upon that rock that Jesus has always built his church. And it is without this revelation that people are led astray. Even people of the established church who seek power and position because they don't know that wealth, they don't know the wealth that exists in the truth of the gospel. What is truth? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and come into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. And what is the truth? Pilate asked. Then Pilate went back outside to the people and said to them, I cannot find any reason to condemn him. Jesus and Pilate, John 18, 37-38, T-E-V. In this exchange is a summary of preaching the gospel to the blind world. Here is the truth right in front of you. What truth? Those who would be blind don't see it, yet those who hunger for truth will. Many don't know they are hungry for it. Others have searched their whole lives for it and never find it until someone exposes them to it. But that is always the exchange. Those who know the truth must share it with others. Those who don't know it have to decide whether or not they will receive it. If they will receive it, then God will reveal it to their hearts if they will hunger and thirst for it. So why is truth so elusive? Because truth is not a list of beliefs or statements or mathematical formulas that can simply be memorized. It is not a philosophical system or the end of a journey where you can arrive and then be done. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ, and knowing the truth is a relationship. Just as getting to know a person takes time, getting to know Jesus can happen no faster. It happens day by day meeting with him, walking with him, talking with him, listening to him, being with him, and obeying him. Even if it takes all eternity to get to know him, there can never be a better use of our time. Where is the time for bitterness, hatred, depression, power-mongering, judging others, and drawing lines between people if we are consumed with getting to know Jesus? If we are all busy searching for truth and loving others as Jesus told us to there are worlds of problems we will never get into and there are worlds of problems we will help solve for by whom has truth ever been discovered without god by whom has god ever been found without christ by whom has christ ever been explored without the holy spirit 
By whom has the Holy Spirit ever been attained without the mysterious, mysterious gift of faith? Tertullian, Christian father and apologist. See A.D. 150-229. I am the way and the truth and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. Jesus, John 14, 6 in C.V. Those who love the truth are always revolutionary. The cross is God's truth to us, and therefore it is the only power which can make us truthful. When we know the cross, we are no longer afraid of the truth. We need no more oath to confirm the truth of our utterance, for we live the perfect truth of God. There is no truth toward Jesus without truth toward man. Untruthfulness destroys fellowship. But truth cuts false fellowship to pieces and establishes genuine brotherhood. We cannot follow Christ unless we live in revealed truth before God and man. Dietrich Bonhoeffer hung for resisting the Nazis. Berlin, Germany, 1945. Being truthful, always telling the truth, is revolutionary. Those who know the truth can't help but stand up for him and tell others about him. They can't help but make a difference for him. If those who say they know the truth, that they know Jesus, don't share him, do they really know the truth? Probably not. Those who know him can't deny him. Knowing him is just too life-altering to go long without talking about him. Knowing Jesus changes things so that a person can't just sit back in a comfortable lifestyle and do nothing while others swallow lies or are persecuted. Knowing him means being a constant witness of the truth and a constant catalyst of change for a better world. Whether it is on a large scale or a small scale, those who belong to Jesus make a difference. Do you know Jesus? This book is filled with stories of those who do and were willing to give everything to make a difference for him. Learn from them. Be like them. Make your life. Make a difference for the truth. I would clarify that submit your life to him so he can let he can make your life make a difference for the truth. And we'll continue with the next section with the first story about Kim from North Korea. It is quite powerful. Thanks so much for joining. And we'll um we'll continue next time.